Welcome everyone to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk. That's right, we are back again just a couple days after our last episode. I know it seems weird because that doesn't happen very often, but here we are. As always, I am Matt and I am joined once again by my wonderful co-host Slade. How are you doing today, man? Doing great up here in North Alabama, getting geared up for more WrestleMania. Um, We've got TakeOver Part 1 tonight, uh, Stand and Deliver. So I'm getting fired up for that. Um, obviously, we had Hall of Fame induction ceremony uh, last night. So, nine days of wrestling going into Mania. Absolutely. We were in the middle of it, for sure. Um, just to touch on the, the Hall of Fame real quick, since you mentioned it, because we kind of talked about it in our last episode, you know, that it, it, it was a different format this year. Obviously, it was pre-recorded. It wasn't live. Uh, you didn't have presenters. You just kind of had, they would do these kind of video packages um, where certain athletes would talk about the inductees and whatnot. Um, and then a lot of the, from what I saw, I didn't watch it all the way through, but from what I saw, uh, a handful of the the speeches were given virtually. You know, they didn't even show up to the Thunderdome. Um, right. I actually liked it just because, you know, they were able to edit it. You know, they weren't, it it wasn't live TV, so they could kind of pace it how they wanted it to be paced. And and, and it moved along, but everybody still got their time. Um, But I think, you know, starting next year, I'm sure that they they want to go back to the live. um, live I would, I'll go ahead. Go ahead, That's all I was going to say. It was just, uh, you know, I I assume that that's what they want to do going forward is, is still have it as a live event. Um, I would wondering so. for for TV purposes if if they'll you know if they'll do it live but then just show um, try and edit it a bunch like they did this year to just well, make it would, easier to watch. If I'm not mistaken, and I very well could be because my memory things things tend to run together for me. But if I'm not mistaken, the last uh, Hall of Fame that actually had fans in it was the one where. Uh, the dude attacked Bret Hart. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. So I that, do that wonder if you would consider doing kind of a closed event, for lack of a better term. Maybe let the wrestlers and let people in the company show up and record it, but not let fans there. Right. Now, I know that Batista's thing was always he wanted to do it in front of fans. But after the Bret Hart thing, I do wonder if they if they might, might consider um, – just doing it like they used to do it where it was just, you know, WWE wrestlers and administrators. And, right. You know, it was, it was essentially like an employee banquet. Yes, very much. Yeah, very much. So. And I, and I kind of wonder if they'll do that or limit the number of fans because but after the whole Bret Hart debacle, of course, last year they did, you know, COVID canceled all of it. So, cause they inducted the 20 and 21 classes yesterday, but like I do, kind of wonder if they'll if they'll actually go back to that format before they go back to uh, instead of going back to fans with the whole you know because like I said they the fans were always a little rowdy. I mean it's it's not always a bad thing because they would get really into it and for the most part they were really good about giving the respect to the to the wrestlers themselves. But you do wonder if if that fan incident with Bret Hart might make them change their minds a little bit. Right. Yeah. You know, I know WWE wants to profit from those ticket sales because yes, you think about it, they're selling out arenas, you know, they're not having it in a conference room. Right. You know, this 15,000 people. 
they're selling tickets like, for. You know, and they're yeah, already paying. They're already yeah. paying for that arena. You know, for the week or whatever. So this so is a way well to help them. You know, some money for it. Right. So I could see them doing something where maybe they don't let fans on the floor at all. You but know? letting them stay, like letting them stay up in the. In the yeah, like the, the one hundred section, the two three hundred section. That, where that where even if they do decide they want to come down, they've got to go through an army of people to get to you. Right, you're going to be noticed if you're trying to come down because you're having right. to climb over something. You know what I mean? You're you're going to stand right, out. especially think, in that I, setting where everybody's just sitting down. Um, you know, mostly sitting on their hands yeah, and not. Being I think rowdy, the days rowdy. of fans getting to be on the floor at the Hall of Fame is done. I think that's probably not going to happen again. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But yeah, I thought it was, uh, you know, that that's the first time we've, we've kind of got to see the Hall of Fame be presented in that in that fashion. Um, like I said, I liked it as a viewer viewing it on TV. Um, you know, obviously, I felt bad for for these people having to give speeches in the Thunderdome or right. was a Zoom webcam instead of, you know, getting that positive uh, reaction from actual fans. But Right, you know, they, they still got the recognition, and and um, it's still an important achievement for the people that were inducted last night. Absolutely. So with Absolutely. that being said, we are here. Oh, before we get too too deep into it, I got to do my usual uh, sales job. If you would please follow us on social media, we are on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook, we are at Buckle Talk, and on Twitter, we are at Turnbuckle P. Like I said, just give us a like and a follow on those platforms and you'll stay up to date with all things Turnbuckle Talk. Um, but yeah, with that being said, we are here today. Um, since it is the week of WrestleMania, I was you know, kind of thinking of something we could do along the lines of a WrestleMania themed episode. And this past Sunday on Easter Sunday, the WWE Network officially shut down, you know, it's, it's Sadly. In, in America. Um, it's officially only on uh, Peacock now. And I was able, I was one of the fortunate ones that was able to use the WWE network up until Easter Sunday. Um, but I was just thinking, you know, the, the generic thought I had was to do a watch along of a WrestleMania, but you know, those can be three hours or did I want to pick out a part or, you know, whatnot. And instead I was just like, you know, what if what if we just gave our favorite WrestleManias, you know, our personal favorite WrestleManias um, that we've enjoyed the most over the years? And I talked to Slade, and, and, and Slade sounded like he he thought that was a good idea. Um, and so we came up with our top five favorite WrestleMania moment, or not moments, but uh, pay-per-views of all time. So our five favorite WrestleManias ever. And I want to stress the word favorite. It's not best. It's just your favorite. You know, we can, we all get entertained um, by different things. You know, we, we have our priorities when it comes to entertainment. So just because I like something or I think it was entertaining or fun doesn't mean somebody else has to. And it doesn't mean it was better than, you know. Um, Best in a thing like professional wrestling is going to be subjective. It's just, there's no ob objective way to determine you like what you like. You don't like what you don't like. So absolutely, yeah. and and that's the beauty of it. Because if it was all the same, it would be a very boring way absolutely. to go through life. You know, um, the the problem becomes when you just shut your mind off to other people's entertainment. You know, that's when Correct. it becomes an issue. But as long as you understand that people are different, they're going to have different tastes. But as long as they're supporting it and enjoying it, that's all that matters. 
then then we're good. But yeah, so we got our five favorite WrestleManias. Um, I'll say for me, before we get into a slate, uh, it's kind of like I've mentioned before on our other uh, little top five episodes that we've done. In my head, I think it's going to be easy for me to pick out five. And then I start thinking and then I'm like, wait, there's way more than five, you know. And right. so I wind up writing down 10 and then having to like have a mental debate with myself to, to get it down to five or, um, you know, with a couple honorable mentions and whatnot. It's it's and that's what I went through with this one. I was kind of just going back. And what gave me the idea was I was watching a couple older WrestleManias and, you know, you just get hit hit in the head with things that you had forgotten about, like little small things that happen in these pay-per-views. And right. then, um, and so I was like, oh yeah, this is one of my favorites. And then I'm watching, oh, this is one of my favorites. And then that's when I realized I got a lot of favorites. Um, and But I will say what I've seen with WrestleMania in general, and for it to be the biggest show of the year in the industry, um, WrestleMania more times than not, and you may feel the same way as me. You may not, uh, Slade. But I feel like WrestleMania, more times than not, at a really good clip, knocks it out of the park. Most of the time, um, it does. It really does. You, you, know, you can it, tell they put a lot more thought. I mean, that sounds mean. You can tell that they consider WrestleMania their Super Bowl, and they, they want to make sure they get it right. Now, absolutely. there are times that I've not necessarily agreed with, uh, with the way they've done things, some of their decisions. Some of the uh, winners of matches I've, I've not necessarily agreed with, but again, that's that's part of what we were talking about. That's that's subjective. Right. What I may think was a good was a good idea, you may think was a terrible idea, and what I might think was a terrible idea, you may think was the best idea they ever came up with. So, again, you can tell the effort is always there. Like the WWE, I don't think they just coast necessarily. But I think there are times that you can tell that more thought is put into certain things than others. And you can right. tell with WrestleMania they want to put thought into it and make sure people have that moment and have that uh, that memory that they can take with them. Right. I agree. And, you know, if you go back and look, um, I'll give you an example just to kind of get my point across. Probably one of my least favorite WrestleManias is – 27 it was not in my opinion it wasn't a very good one you know you go back and look at the match card um that was it the, wasn't that was a very good match card. main event with the rock as the host right yeah. in atlanta yeah i mean you know i'm with you on that one i didn't like it uh probably the most famous thing that it, that came from well two things one, it set up the Cena versus Rock match the next year at Mania. And it was also up until last year, Edge's last match. Right. You know, and, and but once again, like, it's not a terrible show. Right. If you, you, you watch it as a standalone, it's not a terrible show. Correct. But when you put it, you know, to the WrestleMania before it or the WrestleMania after it or the, the five WrestleManias around it, then it just it kind of stands out as a dud because the other ones were so good, you know? And, and so that's kind of how I feel about WrestleMania as a pay-per-view in general, you know, I would say 75 to 85% of the time, they're going to knock it out of the park. Right. Um, and, and, and most of the time they're going to give the fans what they want. Um, you know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, 
you've been your parents have been pissing you off for a whole year when you're a kid and 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 but it finally gets to christmas time and and then you they do get you the gift that you wanted you know um but they told you the whole year you got to act right or else you ain't getting this gift and then you know you get cold and switch yeah and it doesn't seem like you're acting good enough throughout the year because nothing you do works you know you're always making them mad and they're always getting on to you and then it comes at christmas and you're surprised because you got what you wanted you know um so that's kind of how i feel about it so let's get into it um i will say for me before we get into our actual rankings uh I have a general honorable mention, and I kind of wanted to get your thought on it, um, right. kind of where my mindset is. I got an honorable mention for WrestleManias 1, 2, and 3. And the reason I say that is because without those three WrestleManias, there wouldn't be a WrestleMania 37. If those WrestleManias wouldn't have worked, specifically number one, but if those WrestleManias wouldn't have worked, you know, I don't think... WWE would be where they are today. I don't think WrestleMania would be nearly as big as it is today. And I think at the same time, I can't really compare those shows to the rest of the WrestleManias because if you do something for so long, let's use the Super Bowl, for example, because there's been, what, 53 or whatever. Let's see here, 55. Right. So Super Bowl one was a trendsetter. It was a pioneer. It started everything, but it doesn't compare to Super Bowl 37. You know what I mean? It's completely different, but it still deserves its own mention because without it, you wouldn't be able to talk about the rest. Right. And so that's kind of how I feel about one, two, and three in general. You know, one was the first one. So of course it's not going to be as good as the batch, but you still had your moments, your lasting moments. You know, they still use that shot of Hogan walking down the tunnel and whatnot. Um, with well, Mr. I'm going to go ahead and spoiler alert that one of those, one of those is in my top five. Oh, that, that's fine because, and I thought about that with three, um, uh, but and, I just, and, and I think three is the one you can, if you wanted to compare any of those three, three is obviously I, the one you can. I, yeah, I caught myself not too long ago watching WrestleMania 1. And oh, yeah, I watched it a little trivia, while back as well. And a heck of a trivia question would be to ask who sang the national anthem at, the, at WrestleMania 1. Yeah, I, I don't that. think people would just know that. Do you know, you, you know, the, you know who, do you remember who sang it? No, I, just, I can't remember off the top of it my was, head. It was me and Gene Okerlund. Okerlund sang the national anthem at WrestleMania 1. Yeah, nobody would get that. No, you're not. And, and, Vince banked everything on that. Like, right. had that not worked, they go like Vince is probably living in a he's probably living in a small trailer in North Carolina again. again like yeah. he put everything on the line. Yep. And it and it worked. It, it you had Muhammad Ali, you had Liberace. Um it, it, I'm with you. Like one one, two, three especially. Um those three set the tone. Uh, two was kind of weird because they did that three city setup where you had a main event at each city, but right. even then, like it was, it, it was an experiment that didn't work. I don't think WWE's ever tried anything like that again, and they probably won't. But the fact that it was the, the fact that you were able to keep going after that tells you, hey, you still had something good there. You still had substance there. Now let's tone it down a little bit. And and like you said, they've been knocking out of the park ever since. 
Right. And like I said, that's kind of why I clumped all three together because all three of them are different. Because like you said, one, one kind of laid the blueprint of what Vince yes. wanted WrestleMania to be in his mind. He wanted yes. it to be a, he even said a spectacular, you know, yeah, um, it's... bring in all the big names you can from outside to put eyes onto your product, but then give the fans the best possible product you can at the same time. Right, because um, one had like okay, go ahead. Yeah, and one one did that. You know, it laid the groundwork for what Vince's true vision was, and it you know he, they did a really good job of pulling that off. Two, like you said, they went to three different cities in one night. They haven't done it since because it didn't work, but that was them trying. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you're, you're and, seeing and, what works and what doesn't. Right. If they were to do that on WrestleMania twenty three after they've done 22 years of the same thing and it getting bigger and bigger and bigger, then I'd be like, wait, wait, no, why are you that, that was bad. That was, you know, you shouldn't have done that. You know, you have 22 years of success to look at, but on number two, you're still trying to make it better. So you're just throwing stuff at the wall. Right. And so in that, in that sense, working. right. You learn and move on and they haven't made that mistake since. Absolutely. Um, so I still look at it as kind of like a trailblazing show in that aspect. You know, they're trying. And then right. three, three, they kind of, three, they hit the jackpot, right? That's, that's when it all just kind of, I think, came together um, because it, it was such a big show, you know, so many people. And then it just had the big moments. But then if you go back and watch the show, it has the moments that aren't talked about, you know, uh, Savage and Steamboat, uh, the, the other matches outside of the Hogan and Andre stare down and slam like it's a it's a solid show so you know I think them getting off those three Wrestlemania is just that they're special in their own right regardless of how you want to compare them to others you know oh absolutely and and again so I really only have really one um um, honorable mention and it's mania 20 and that one i think would be raked higher if the main event didn't get tainted as badly as it has mm-hmm. um obviously chris benoit beat tri- triple h and Shawn michaels and, and probably the best triple threat match of all time to win the wwf championship or w sorry wwe championship no, world heavyweight championship i'm sorry and then at the end of the show, um, his longtime best friend, Eddie Guerrero, comes down and hugs him. And now neither one of them are with him. And 20 sort of lo- it sort of taints that memory. But it's a shin. And, but it's a sh- and it's a shame because it was a great mania. Uh, Cena led off with a win against the big show, too. I remember that distinctly. And it was Taker's return to the dead man gimmick. So a lot of stuff happened at 20, but the main event just got tainted so badly. It's, it's hard to get past it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I can already tell we're gonna have a much different list, which is great. because um, 20 is on mine. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, but I, no, I, it, no, it that's close to mine. Yeah, it yeah. Was on the front room floor. <laughs> and that's that's the thing we always say over these lists, like you narrowed something from 37 to five, like you're gonna there's a lot of wiggle room, you know what I mean? Um right. There's not a wrong answer. Um Correct. It really isn't. And, and that's the good thing about it. Uh, so I'll get started with the list. Uh, 
Number five, so like I've said before on these things, hey, when you come up with uh, your own rules to your podcast episodes, you can finagle the rules if you want to. So I got a 5A and a 5B. Um, 5B for me is WrestleMania 12. Okay. Um, for those of you unfamiliar, that is best known for the Roddy Piper and Goldust backlot brawl. Um, I highly recommend you've uh there's a couple episodes of the bruce pritchard podcast i think there's a gold dust episode and maybe a piper episode and i know they covered wrestlemania 12 where they talk about the backlot brawl um and the story is pretty great um but the way that they were able to kind of keep that theme going throughout the whole show of the backlot brawl you know um they kept interjecting it throughout the whole entire pay-per-view so it started out the pay-per-view um, and it still remained a, a, a really main focus throughout the whole show. At the same time, at the end of the show, you had the Ironman match, your 60-minute Ironman match between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels for the title, which is, you know, it's a highly regarded, legendary match, first of its kind type deal in the WWE. Um, and then it goes 60 minutes and there's no fall, you know, and then it comes into uh, sudden death, and then there was just, and also you had uh, a really, I think, an underrated match between Savio Vega and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And it's right when Stone Cold starting to get his mojo, you know, right around right. that time. And it's, it's kind of one of those matches. If you even, I think Austin's even mentioned it, that he thought his matches with Savio Vega really helped him elevate. And, and he's been, he's always he been a big Vega guy. Right. Um, but yeah, that pay per view, it just, it, it, it I don't know. You also it, forgot the other match that it's really famous for. And that, of course, that is Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate, yeah, the, the Ultimate Warrior, Warrior returned. Triple H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He returned and, and absolutely squashed Triple H. Um, that's another one, Bruce Pritchard. You, you asked, uh, he gets asked, Conrad asked him about that one. And let's just say he wasn't a fan of it. Um, right. And I don't think really anybody was in the company, but. Um, that just that's for different reasons and right not. but yeah yeah it's, uh, him no selling the pedigrees classic though yes um, so yeah that that was my 5b and i'll go ahead and give my 5a uh these i really couldn't differentiate between but you had uh my 5a is wrestlemania 24 um i thought it was really it, it, it kind of epitomized what i said about wrestlemania one they brought in floyd mayweather and if you know anything about the time of, of you know, around WrestleMania 24, Mayweather right. wasn't a bigger name in boxing. Um, and then they put him against the Big Show. And he, he had, and leading up to WrestleMania, he had legitimately broken Big Show's nose. Um, and, and that was, I, I thought they knocked it out of the park with him. You know, he did a lot more than I thought he was going to do. They did um, the smart thing with him and they turned him bad. Right. Because the fans were not going to cheer him, especially after he broke Big Show's nose. And so right. they did the smart thing and they turned him bad. And well, and Mayweather, just, to his undying credit, played up, played it up. He did not, he didn't do the pout because the fans ain't behind him. He just, he just, he just leaned 100% into it. So, right. And yeah. then, yeah, they just laid into that money gimmick, you know, the money Mayweather gimmick. They really just right. laid into that. Um, and it was essentially it was essentially a redo of Tyson coming into WWE, but he, you know he got he was in an actual match. He wasn't just a special referee type deal. 
So I thought that that they knocked that out of the park. Um, it could have been a lot worse than it was, you know. Um, and then just seeing Mayweather and Big Show standing in front of each other, it's always a fun visual. Um, right. This WrestleMania was also Flair and Michaels in a very memorable, memorable match. Oh, yes. Um, you know, it, this they still show the clip of, of Michaels mouthing to Ric Flair, I'm sorry, I love you. Um, that's also the entrance that Flair used at that WrestleMania is the inspiration for Charlotte's entrance essentially now. Um, so this had a lasting impact. And I just thought, you know, it was, it was just a solid card. It was entertaining. Um, and, and that WrestleMania has always stuck out to me. Was that also uh, the you also, where... yeah, you had oh, uh, Taker and Edge. Oh, that's a really um, good match. That was, that, yeah, it was the Hell in a Cell, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a really, really good uh, one of Taker's better WrestleMania matches. This is, you know, 24, around 24 is when Taker started going on a, a run of, of really good uh, bangers in Mania know, really matches. Good WrestleMania matches. Um, um, also, Orton won the title. What? Orton won the title in that one in a triple threat. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was him versus him. Was it Orton? Cena and Triple H is in my head. Yeah, I want to say it was those three. Let's see. Uh, was that also the one where JBL fought Finley in a street fight, and then there was a spot where he threw a trash can and hit Hornswoggle with it? Yes, that is the Belfast Brawl. That is hilarious. I remember also, that. I just remember laughing my head off at that. Yeah, and then Batista beat Umaga. Um, that's a shame. I liked Umaga. Yeah, he was really fun to watch. I think this was also the first. Let me. Oh wait, check. it wasn't. No, it was it wasn't second. Hell of a Cell. It wasn't Hell of a Cell. It was a straight up match because Taker won by submission. Okay. But I think yeah, Hell of a Cell was a good match. Now that I think about it. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was a pretty solid pay per view for me. It, it. That's one that should have probably gone a little higher on my list, but it kind of got. They started kind of blending in um, for me a little bit around that time. I was watching a lot back then, but they all kind of certain things. Like I remember certain spots from those, but I don't remember like the show itself, the show itself. Yeah. No. Yeah. Those like mid 2000s, mid late 2000s all run, start running together. Yeah. So that being said, my number five is Mania 19. Um so that one is probably most famous as the last, uh, the last match that, um, um, the last match that Stone Cold Steve Austin had. Uh, the Rock finally defeated him after, and uh, the in their third WrestleMania match after fifteen and seventeen. You also had a classic match between Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels. Another classic between Brock Lesnar and uh, Kurt Angle that's kind of kind of lost a little bit of its luster because of the shooting star press fight where Brock slipped off the top rope and he ended up nearly breaking his neck in the match. And then, of course, you have the kind of infamous Triple H over Booker T situation. But all in all, it was a really, really good show. Um, the buildup that year wasn't that great, which is why it was kind of surprising that it went as well as it did. But Mania 19 is one of those underrated classics, in my opinion, that's got a lot, lot of really good stuff going for it. And so that was my number five. 
Yeah, I have 19 as my number four. Okay. Basically the same reasons. Uh, it was a solid card, top to bottom. You know, Matt Hardy and uh, Rey Mysterio, they started off the show. That's right. That was a, that's a, and that's a hot opener right there. Right. You know, uh, Rey Mysterio was, a, you know, first thing they saw when the, when the show started was Ray coming out from the, the floor. So, you know, um, when, you, when that starts your show, it, it is probably going to be a good one. Um, also, like you said, it being Stone Cold's last match. And at the time, nobody knew. You know, right. Rock and Austin knew, maybe a couple of people in the back knew, but the general public didn't, the dirt sheets didn't, you know, there weren't rumors going around or anything like that. You know, he never, he never said goodbye, you know, so that's, I've always kind of respected that because I feel like that was the perfect way for his character to go out. Right. You know, just right, go off in the sunset, you know. Um, I had completely, for, I had forgotten, but one of my all-time favorite just, for lack of a better term, gimmick matches was that night too when Hogan fought McMahon. I was about to say, uh, Hogan and McMahon had a match against Mc, each other. And McMahon bled buckets that night. Yeah. And Roddy Piper came down and and um, Roddy Piper came down and um, and like whacked Hogan and turned heel. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And yeah, and then like you mentioned with uh, Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle, it's infamous for for obviously that one spot, um, but yeah, that was a solid match as well. It was just, and you know, I think was that the first time they did WrestleMania in a baseball stadium. Uh, let me think. I mean, I guess. Well, I guess Toronto. Two years earlier was it the Astrodome, and the year before was it Skydome? But like the the first time they did it at a pure baseball field, yes. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, yeah, I don't consider like the domes unless they're uh, unless they're specifically built for a baseball and they're field. not because like yeah the astrodome was a multi-purpose facility sky dome was a multi-purpose facility right. yeah so let me try to think but yeah because that was around the time they started doing the outdoor ones because before yep. that they were mainly doing them, they were mainly doing them indoors which safeco safeco had a uh, retractable roof right right so yeah. like and, that, and that's where gave it out. If it did, if it wasn't rainy, if it was a pretty day, you could always keep it open. But if it was, you could always close it. Right, but you know what Vince McMahon says about WrestleMania? It never rains at WrestleMania. Why? Because it's WrestleMania. It's exactly right. <laughs> that's why. So yeah, um, I thought that was a really solid show. Um, I actually watched it again probably about four or five days ago. I, I popped it on. Um, yeah, it, I remembered it for Austin and then Lesnar's spot, you know, that right. I watched it. And I was like, right. this is a really, really solid show. And it flowed really, really well. I, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that. So, so we, so you had, you had 19 at four, at four. I had it at five. Right. So, what's so your my, four? so my number four is to me the dawn of the attitude era. And that is WrestleMania 14. Mm. Um, most famous, most for most people, as Austin winning the title for the first time over Shawn Michaels in a very good match, especially considering Shawn's health issues going on at the time. It was also Undertaker versus Kane Part One, which was a very good match. Also had a humorous moment where uh, Kane tombstone Pete Rose before the match after Pete Rose started talking trash about the Red Sox. An underrated. Oh yeah. Versus- uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Pete Rose had a an amazing bill buckner joke yes 
I was gonna I was gonna leave my tickets up here, but but Bill, I was gonna leave my tickets for Bill Buckner, but he couldn't bend over to pick them up. Yeah. Oh, they. Yeah. As soon he as he would, said that, the crowd lit him up. I mean, like, like, like for a split second, Kane was the biggest baby face in the company yeah, when he took yeah. Stone Pete Rose. Yeah. And of course, it led to Jim Ross going, "You can't do that. <laughs> Nobody nails that Pete Rose." Yeah, Pete Rose it, killed it that night. It was great. It was great. It was it was awesome. And then you also had a very good Rock versus Ken Shamrock match. Kind of a weird ending because they had Shamrock win the IC title from the Rock, but he wouldn't let go of the ankle lock. And so the, they ended up DQing him because he wouldn't let go of the hold. And so he ended up having to forfeit the title match. You also had uh, the infamous dumpster bro- the dumpster match between uh, the New Age Outlaws and Harry Funk and Mick Foley, which <laughs> the next night they said because the, the, the dumpster that was originally supposed to be used wasn't, the titles were vacant, and then they had a title match the next night, and the Outlaws won it. But so much happened that night. You had the DX band there doing the national anthem, and they I believe they played out either Triple H or Shawn Michaels for, the, uh, for their match. And um, I mean, you had a lot of you had a lot of stuff going that night, but that was kind of the night where the Attitude Era it had already started getting that way. But that was kind of the Austin's crowning night. You started seeing The Rock getting a, a bigger a bigger uh, piece of the pie as far as that goes. Shawn Michaels sort of uh, was gone after that for a while. Brett had been you know Montreal had happened a few months earlier, so. That was kind of the the dawn of a new era for me, and and I think and it actually holds up pretty well as a as a WrestleMania itself. There's a lot of really good matches on there, a lot of really good moments. So yeah, I, I'm gonna put it there. And you also had a little nostalgia with the the uh, Legion of Doom or the Road Warriors coming back as LOD 2000 and uh, winning a tag team number one contender Fatal Four Way match. So. Again, great WrestleMania for me. I love it. So that was your number four. That's my right? number four. Correct. Okay. So once again, uh, I cheated for number three. I got two because All I right. couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't leave one out. But I feel about the same for both of them, but for maybe different reasons. Um, so I'll start with my three B, and it kind of it kind of ties into what you said for yours on WrestleMania fourteen. Um, mine is WrestleMania fifteen. And the reason I picked 15 is for me, it comes across as an attitude era episode of Raw on steroids. Like that WrestleMania kind of encapsulates what WWE at the time was in that era. You had, you had the Butterbean and Bart Gunn uh, shoot fight that basically ended Bart Gunn's career. Correct. Um, Big Boss Man got hanged from a cage. Correct. Uh, also, to come down, like, you had Edge, Christian, and Gangrel. They, like, came down from the ceiling. I, I still don't – they gave <laughs> – he got hanged with a noose, man. And they, like, yes. uh, shimmied the noose down to Undertaker through the cage. But it took three of them, and they had to come from the ceiling. It was – but it was just a very – that – 
that WrestleMania just it to me it just showed like if you want to if somebody asks you what the Attitude Era was, you know, describe the Attitude Era. Well, why it's WrestleMania 15? And I think you could say that about 14 as well. Um, but for me, 15 was just, I find myself, if I watch it, I just start laughing because I'm just entertained, you know, um, because it, it truly takes me back to um, the the Attitude Era. You know, you had a triple threat, hardcore. Uh, I mean, you have Bob Holly, Billy Gunn, and Al Snow you know they beat the hell out of each other yes uh, uh butterbean got knocked out like i said you had the mankind and big show match earlier you know and and then right. Vince comes out because big show got gets dq'd because he choke slams uh mcfoley through two chairs vince is mad because he wanted big show to be the special ref in the main event and then big show slaps him and so <laughs> vince is all in a bad mood and right. then uh you had a Kane and Triple H match. Uh, for, you had Sable and Tori. Yes. But I don't know if you remember the most famous. One of the it's not Tori Wilson. No, 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 no. Just, just Tori. This is Kane. Now, I remember Tori. her a little bit because she and Kane had a thing going on. Yeah. But this one, she's this is infamous. This is she wears like that one piece cat suit thing. Yes. Um, which is probably her most notorious look, I guess. But no, one thing I noticed, I watched this back about a week ago as well. Um, Sable's Sable Bomb that she did. Yes. That was a solid move for somebody that never it had really, any wrestling training. The Sable Bomb was awesome. And she also did a pretty good TKO. I mean, yeah. for somebody with no experience, she wasn't terrible, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, she literally had no training. Right. Um, so... And yeah, and she at this point she was um, all in on on her gimmick, and uh, people forget how over Sable was in the Attitude Era. Um, you know, she was she got quite a pop. You know, um, Shane McMahon had a match against X Pac for the European title, right? Um, and then the main event was the first of the Austin and Rock trilogies, right? And Vince was trying to interfere. It was you know just a schmoz finish type deal, but it was an entertaining match and it was an entertaining way to end the show. Um, and then once again, you're getting the first rock Austin match and, you know, they go on to have two more classic matches at WrestleMania um, to make for a really nice trilogy. But this was kind of the kickstart of that. Um, so, yeah, just generally, like, like I said, you can do it about 14, like you mentioned as well. But if somebody were to ask me, explain the attitude era like i can't like just watch this wrestlemania because it gives you a little bit of everything right so that's my 3b 3a i have i think i mentioned it earlier it's wrestlemania 20 um i mean it it was seen as coming out party essentially you right know? um it's kind of proven that he's he was on the up and up and they're about to strap the rocket to him um, Eddie and Kurt, that match, man, I, I told you that, that finish is my favorite finish yes. ever, especially yes. for a WrestleMania match that any, they just told the perfect story. You could watch that match on mute and you would still understand the story they were telling. It was a perfect ending to that match. Yes. Um, just the last, uh, Austin and rock, uh, no, that's, that was for 15, my bad. Goldberg and Lesnar, for the reasons you mentioned, 
or the reason like knowing now what was going on you know yes it all made it kind of makes sense and then it makes sense yeah. why they put Austin in there yes um and so at the end of the day I look at the Goldberg Lesnar thing is like look I'm get Lesnar gets stunnered and Goldberg gets stunnered <laughs> like we're yes. getting stunners and we're getting to see yes. Austin right um right. and then at the end of the show you know fortunately for me when it comes to Benoit I'm not going to get too far into it but when it comes to Chris Benoit I'm able to separate the man from the wrestler um and I mean that not I'm, I'm able to go back and watch his matches like they don't affect me you know like they do some people until you their own but I'm able to do that you know um, so for me, that lasting image of him and Eddie hugging in the ring with the confetti and all that, like that's, I'm never going to forget seeing that, you know, um, and it always left an impression on me because those were two of my favorite wrestlers, Eddie, obviously, and then Chris, he was always fun to watch in the ring. Um, oh, oh, Benoit's in-ring stuff is some of the best I've ever seen, even, even to now. Right. And it's just, you knew, like nobody ever expected either one of them to be at the top. No. You know? Um, and I'm sure they were both told their whole career that they couldn't be at the top. And then the, it just finally paid off. And just to see them in the ring, you know, and then we find out later the true relationship they did have with each other. Yes. Um, that's just made that celebration in that moment. Just it's one of my favorite WrestleMania moments. Um, you know, I understand if other people can't go back and see that. Like, I understand. I sympathize with that. But I am able to. Um, it doesn't affect me like that. So that's why I got it up there. Like I said, you know, like I said earlier, I'm all about entertainment. So the Goldberg-Lesnar thing, like I said, knowing what I know now was that was going on and, and you're still getting to see Stone Cold. So that kind of makes up for some of the BS. Yes. Um, it, was, it was, it was a really solid show. Like I said, just for the Eddie and Kurt finish, my you know that's automatic top that's five. That's such a great finish. It really is. You know, it's just I remember watching it the first time and like it was just it was perfect. Oh, that was also the one where Molly Holly got her head shaved. Yes, and he also had a really good Christian versus Jericho match that night because Christian uh, and Jericho always did. Yeah, they always delivered, and that was when Trish turned bad for a year, which was kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a solid show. It really was. Twenty was a good show. Like I said, just it, the the main event. It just it's just hard for me to watch it with both Eddie and Chris being gone now. Yeah, definitely. But it's so. That being said, my number three is um, the actual first WrestleMania of my lifetime. Let me and guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Go the first WrestleMania of your lifetime. Is this the okay. one, the first one you watched, or the first one? The first one that would have happened in my lifetime. So you were like baby, baby Slade, like newborn yes. Slade. Yes. Three. WrestleMania three from the Pontiac Silverdome in D in a Boom. Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. Um. If I go and say, you know, it's the the actual matches themselves are not that great. Um, with the with one very notable exception, that of course being um, Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and and what is to this day one of the all time best matches I've ever seen. 
Um, 100%. You also have a, you also had Roddy Piper um, retiring for the first time uh, <laughs> that night against Adrian Adonis in a hair versus hair match. You had a pretty good six man tag between Danny Davis and the Hart Foundation and Tito Santana and the British Bulldogs. But other than that, the matches weren't that great. But um, obviously, probably the most important match in WWE history. Is it a great match? No. But Hogan versus Andre that night is just the image of Hogan walking up to Andre and then facing off is something that you use to this day. Like that image is something that the WWE uses now and will probably use in thirty in in thirty twenty one when we have right. robotic when we have robots wrestling in the ring. Just right. yeah. like that image, that moment, the rings coming down, uh, bringing Hogan and Andre. You can see trash being thrown at Andre. Um, Bobby Heenan used to tell a story. Apparently, before that match, Hogan and Andre had gotten crossways over. Hogan was kind of worried that Andre may not may not lose. He may not take the fall. And Andre was kind of pissed off because he's like, all the things I've done for Hogan, and now here we are having this big match, and he doesn't think I'll do the right thing by him. And he threatened to go uh, turn Hogan's card over. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Vince McMahon told Bobby, hey, you keep an eye on Andre. And, uh, and Bainan looked at him and said, Oh, if he decides to do that, I'll keep an eye on him, and so will you, and so will 93,000 other people right. as he flips the thing over because there's nothing I can do to stop him if he gets that way. Obviously, that <laughs> didn't happen. It was, the match went the way it went. Um, Hogan body slammed him. Um, it wasn't the first time he'd done it. He had done it several times before, but it was in kayfabe the first time he'd ever done it or anybody had ever done it. And Hogan ends up winning with the leg drop. So, is it an all-time great? I don't know, but I do think it's that important. And again, the Savage and Steamboat match holds up to this day. And just the importance of, of Hogan-Andre to now, like, I, I don't think you can top it. So for me, that, and again, it's got a little bit of, of uh, a little bit of juice because I was born in July of 86. So that WrestleMania happened in April of 87. So it kind of, you know, it or actually March of 87, March 29th, for some reason I had it a little bit later. So, you know, for those reasons, I've got it up at number three. Yeah, I can't argue with any of that. Um, it certainly it certainly changed the, the landscape. Um, it created that's your first true WrestleMania moment, you know. Right. Um, they obviously hadn't coined the phrase at that time or anything like that, but that's when they talk WrestleMania moments, that's the epitome. You know, that's what you want because you just look at that that shot of Hogan slamming Andre, and then you just see the crowd like they just go bananas. And like you said, it's ninety three thousand of them. You know, and so right. that, that yeah, that's an indelible moment that will live forever, um, and everybody will know what it is. You know. Um, it, that it, everybody, non-wrestling fans know what that moment is, you know, um, it, it's kind of like a crossover highlight. Um, you'll see it on ESPN or something every now and then. So yeah, definitely. If that, that kind of was the slingshot to the WrestleMania, you know, right. that made it take truly, truly take off, um, was, was WrestleMania three. Right. So that was your number 
three. That's my number three. Okay, so I'm down to number two, right? Correct. So this is where it got tricky for me, Slade. All right. Because I think uh, these two, for me, stand out more so than the other ones. You know, I mentioned the right. other ones are, are good, good shows, solid shows and whatnot. But these two really are my favorite WrestleManias. If I had, you know, if you told me I could only watch two WrestleManias for the rest of my life, these would be the two I would pick. All right. And then I was kind of just waffling back and forth um, on which one I truly thought was number one. Um, so my number two is 17. All right. WrestleMania 17 uh, from the Houston, from the Astrodome in Houston, Texas. Um, I think it might be the perfect WrestleMania card. It might it's, be the best flowing WrestleMania I've seen, I've watched. Um, it has my favorite hardcore match of all time. That is a very good hardcore match. You're talking about a uh, Kane versus Kane Raven and the big and show. right. That's a yes. really really good one. Because just from their back when they're backstage, they they throw Raven through a glass. Big Show and Kane throw themselves through a wall, and then yes. you have the clip, which might be one of my favorite clips of Kane of all time, of him on a golf cart with a referee sitting behind him, with him and yes. his cane get up, <laughs> and then yes. he runs over Raven with a golf right. cart while he's squealing the tires because he's slamming oh. on brakes. Yes. So it, that that hardcore match was just awesome. Yes. And then you had Shane versus Vince, and they killed it. They knocked it out of the park. And that's also when you had Linda get out of her induced coma and stand up. And, and out, outside of Austin and Rock's match, she got the biggest pop of the night when she simply stood she up. Really, and she and got yes. The crowd went bananas for her. And then you had TLC two, right? With the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys, and Edge and Christian, they killed it. Yes, they did. Then you had the gimmick battle royal, which was absolutely awesome. Because yes, you had you had the return of Mean Gene and Bobby Heenan, Heenan on commentary, and Bobby Heenan made the the classic uh, quote talking about Iron Sheik when he was walking. He said, "By the yeah. time he gets to the ring, it'll be uh, WrestleMania thirty eight. It'll be WrestleMania thirty eight, and we're almost there." <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> God, know. love Heenan. And then uh, I actually heard Jim Ross tell the story. I think it was on one of his recent podcasts, and he was talking about that WrestleMania. And he said that they told him and Paul Heyman. Also, yeah, this was the first uh, WrestleMania. Paul Heyman was a part of the commentary team as well. Right. Um, because Jim Ross had recently, or uh, Jerry Lawler had recently left. Um, right, after his wife got fired. His, after his wife got fired, yes. Right, so you have Jim Ross and Paul Heyman on commentary as well. Also, geez. And, uh, but Ross was telling the story that they told him and Paul that during the gimmick, you know, they could get up, go to the bathroom if they needed to, or go to the back. And Jim Ross was like, I was not leaving. He was like, Bobby Heenan and Gene Oakland coming out there. I'm not leaving the table. He's like, Absolutely so we sat, you know, he's like, we sat right there, you know, and listened to them call the match. 
Um, and then, yeah, just all the gimmicks, literal gimmicks that you had in the match. It was very entertaining. It went like, you know, the entrance was longer than the Battle Royal itself. Oh, the Battle Royal lasted 307. I'm looking, yeah. at, the, I'm looking at the card right now. It was like 20 of them. And, yeah. <laughs> and they all got eliminated in like three minutes. Um, but it was, you know, perfect, it, it was a perfect breather match, you know? It, yeah, it, it, and, it, and it, it allowed people who, you know, it, it, if you need to get up and get popcorn, it was a good cool down. But if you want to stay, you have all these former nostalgia guys. Right. And, of course, you know, of course, the Iron Sheet won, and you know why. Yeah, because they couldn't figure out a way to get him over the top without hurting him. He, he couldn't take a bump over the top rope. <laughs> yeah, that's what Bruce Pritchard said. He's like, because uh, Conrad asked, so why did why did you let Iron Sheik win? He's like, well, we couldn't figure out a way to get him over the top without hurting him. <laughs> right. He's like, so we had to let him win. But yeah, so that was, in terms of like, let me out matches or, or entertainment spots, they knocked it out of the park with that. And then also, I mean, Austin and Rock too. And oh God, is, yes. You know, this is the infamous My Way promo video, and it's just the whole the whole pay per view. Watching it, it like I said, maybe top to bottom, the perfect match card. Um, I believe Regal and Regal had a pretty good match. I want to say Regal and was it Jericho? Jericho. Yeah, they had a pretty good match. I think that was the first match. Bic belt, yes. Yeah. Um, that was a really good match because that was back when Regal was the commissioner and people were coming in because there's a spot after his match. He goes in there and Kamala's on his desk. Yes. Um, so that was a, yeah, that's always stood out to me as, and, and I had a tough time not putting it one. That's my number two. All right. So my number two, and I have a gut feeling I, I'm, we, we uh, might have the same top two actually. My number two is WrestleMania 30 <laughs> from uh, from New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, obviously, probably most famous now as the night that the Undertaker streak ended. Uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, after three F5s pinned him. I remember watching that at my buddy's house, and like we all thought the ref had screwed up. All of us did when he hit, when his hand hit the mat the third time. We all were like, okay, he was, he was, a, you know, he was, Taker was supposed to kick out and he didn't do something right and he didn't give Taker the cue and that's not what's supposed to happen. Um, also that night, Daniel Bryan and Triple H had probably, in my opinion, the second best opening match in WrestleMania history. Um, and then Daniel Bryan defeated Orton, uh, Randy Orton and Batista to win the title that night and got an ungodly pop. Um, and it carried over the next night when he, when for the first time ever that I can recall a, you deserve it chant broke out and it was, it was heartfelt. Like, I don't mean this to sound wrong. I don't mean to sound mean, but like Nia Jax getting a, you deserve this chant when, when she beat, or you deserve it chant when she beat, uh, Alexa bliss to win the title at mania 34 New Orleans, doesn't yeah. have the same um, ring that Daniel Bryan did because Bryan had gone through so much. Um, I, the only thing I really, I, also that night Cesaro won the first ever Andre, the giant Memorial battle Royal. Um, he, by body slamming big show over the top row. Yeah. And uh, just for clarification, the battle Royal that year was on the actual show. It wasn't on the pre-show. Yeah, it was on the show. 
because they were making a big deal about because they had the, the, the Andre statue and everything. Um, you had a really good match between Cena and Bray Wyatt. I think the wrong guy won, but again, that's where wrestling is subjective. I thought it was a bad idea for Cena to win. Somebody else may have thought it was great for Cena to win. Nobody, you know, like I said, nobody's, you're not wrong if you think that. Um, and then, let's see, WrestleMania 30. That was also the night that Hogan referred to the Superdome as the Silver Dome. Yes. And we also had, oh, that's right, we had the Shield destroying the Outlaws and Kane in a, uh, in a six-man tag. Like, it was a squash match. Um. Yeah, just a great show. It, it had this incredible energy flowing throughout. The Daniel, the Yes movement is at its peak. For me, that's my number two. Well, um, your assumption was correct. Uh, my number one is WrestleMania 30. I thought it might be. It is. Um, and I had a hard time picking it as number one because I was kind of convincing myself that it was because I was there. Right. And that I saw, you know, that was my first WrestleMania. I've only been to two, both of them in New Orleans. I think personally that I lucked out because those are two really good WrestleManias. Um, yes. It's just that 30 stood out much more than 34 to me. Although 34, solid show as well. Um, I'm a strong proponent selfishly that WrestleMania should be in New Orleans every year just so I could go because it's only, that, that's the only time I'm going to go is if it's in New Orleans. I don't want to deal with like big, big city traffic. That's not my thing. Um, and New Orleans is a very convenient city for fans and the wrestlers um, to navigate and whatnot for an entire week. But with that being said, yeah, 30, like I said, 17 and 30, they stand out to me um over the rest 30 all the things you said are 100 percent true and i can only say just from being there that the feeling you got on tv just amplify it by being there because it was you know that's how genuine it felt that night um to start i think it had the best opening you know to not match but opening segment in wrestlemania history right. the rock you had Austin and you had Hogan in the ring for the first time ever and the only time that all three of those have been in the ring together. Um, and like you said, you had the funny Silver Dome line that the crowd immediately got on him about, which was great. Um, that was just a really fun way to start the show. And you kind of had a feeling when that started it and then the first match was Daniel Bryan you know, them capitalizing off of all the energy and you could tell that that the show is going to be really, really, really good. Um, and then, you know, uh, you, dude, you had uh, uh, Lesnar, man, that match, I might have said it before, but you that's the quietest I've ever heard of that many people. Yes. You, was, nobody knew what was going on because like you said, you thought the ref had made a mistake. We thought the ref had made a mistake because the bell hadn't rung and there was nothing. But you heard the three count, you know, but there yes. was nothing. And then it took, it took, it felt like forever, but it could have been six, five, six seconds. And then a 21 and one graphic popped up on the screen. 
And then yes. that's when you hear the crowd just like, what the F just yes. happened? Like, what? Because I remember I was with me and three buddies. And when that happened, we had the classic, you know, hands on our head that everybody that they show during that clip has. And then the graphic came on. And I remember one of my buddies looking at me. He started laughing. He's like, nah, he's like, they messed up the graphic. <laughs> he's like, no, nah. like, no, this, and he's still, you know, it was just denial. Like nobody wanted, so you can debate that ending all you want, but if if Undertaker would have won, would we still be talking about that match? You no. know what I mean? But it people will forever talk about that ending or that match in general um, because of the result and because of the reaction of the crowd, you know? Um, and then I agree with you on the Cena-Wyatt match. I thought up until the finish that they told, uh, told a really good story, um, I just think Wyatt needed that win to really kind of boost his career at the time, you know, because I think that just kind of, that, that's kind of where there was just this feeling with Wyatt that he could talk the talk, but he never, you could never have faith in him to win the big match. Right. Pay-per-view, you know, the big pay-per-view match. They, they, and, the, and, if I were, and then they ended up doing a thing the next month where Cena and him fought in a cage and at the I thought it made more sense to have it, to have Cena win because or have Wyatt win because of interference. That would make the cage make sense, right? And go from there. But again, that's that's again subjective, right? And then you know, as much as I love John Cena, I think WrestleMania 30. I think, and and we all know if Cena wanted a wrestler to go over him, Vince McMahon is having that wrestler go over him. You know what I mean? He's got the stroke. He's got the pull. And I wish at 30, he would have let Wyatt go over him. And at 31, uh, Rusev. Yes. Because that could have been Rusev's crowning moment. And like, I mean, he came out in a freaking army tank, dude. Yes, like, he did. It was, he was, there was, yes. It, those two, I wish could have been different um, in regards to Cena, even those, you know, Cena's is still one of my favorites. Um, also I was, you know, Cesaro getting to dump big show over the top rope. He got a legitimate pop. The crowd was absolutely all in on him because WrestleMania, big international crowd, right. um, but they went, yeah, the, the place come unglued for him when he dumped big show over the top rope. If you go back and watch it, you'll catch that pop. Um, it was genuine, uh, but yeah, 30, just being being able to be there, That, like I said, that's my first WrestleMania. Being in the Superdome, you know, which is one of the more famous, uh, certainly more famous domes in the world um, and arenas in general. And then just getting to be in that atmosphere, man, it, it, it it's hard to beat. Um, and and uh, like I said, 34 in New Orleans was was really, really, really good as well. Um, but 30, it just something about it, you know, um, it was it was really, really fun. Um, and I thought the show was a home run. It really was. And, and I will was say, uh, sorry to cut you off. I just thought of this uh, mentioning Daniel Bryan at the end when he won. Um, the reaction he got after, you know, Lesnar and Undertaker wasn't the main event. Daniel Bryan 
Orton and uh, Batista were in the triple threat. And I think, if I remember correctly, there was even like a women's match in between. Yeah, there was. Yeah. So people were pissed, Slade. Like I, they had it, they had time to let it marinate. They were stewing on it. Half of I swear to you, Slade. I swear to you, half of the upper deck was gone by the time the main event started. That right. triple threat match started because people were legitimate, and I stayed because I'm like, well, I paid all this money. I'm not leaving yet. I'm like, no. Like, if you're getting mad over like you got work, cool. Get mad. Uh, so we stayed, but yeah, I remember looking up because we were in the middle middle deck, and I could look up and see the upper deck, and it was just empty. And I remember during the women mat women's match, the fans were just out of it. But then Daniel Bryan came back out, and Slade when he won that title with half the upper deck missing, it was the biggest pop of the night. Oh, yeah, you know, that pop it, you could hear yes. anywhere. That was, and but it always amazed me with that because I, like I said, I'll never forget looking up and just seeing how empty the upper deck was. And I was like, dang, like main event hadn't even started, you know, and people were really mad. And then, but the fans were all in on, like you said, all in on the yes movement, all in on Daniel Bryan. And like I said before, and this is, Daniel Bryan and then Kofi Kingston a couple years ago, the perfect example of WWE giving you what you want at the end of the year. And I'm saying the end of the year because I call, you know, in wrestling terms, WrestleMania is yes. the end of the year. Yes. Um, and this, those two, to me, are the perfect examples of the WWE actually giving the fans what they want. They're giving it to you, like, begrudgingly, and, and you know, you're, you're super, you're, you're, the superstar you root for is having to go through hell and everything else to get it, but you're, you're getting what you want, you know? Um, but the story they told with Daniel Bryan, like I mentioned with uh, WrestleMania 17, the Austin and Rock My Way video, the Daniel Bryan promo video for WrestleMania 30. I think monster. Was, yeah, yes. monster. Dude, it's almost as good as a My Way. It may actually be better if, you know, if I take my childhood blinders off when regards to will, Austin and Rock, you know. I will say that for a single match, I would take Monster, but then they did a My Way after the show that did the whole show that I think is one of the best things yes, they ever did. that's true. That's true. But yeah, his Monster, you know, the My Way video always gets talked about, but the Daniel Bryan Monster one is Was right, just right up there. It yes. gives me chills every time I watch it. Um, so whoever did that, I hope they got a huge raise from, from doing that video, um, because they, they killed it. Um, so yeah, WrestleMania 30 is my number one. And so going with the, my way theme. And, uh, as I said, I was pretty sure we had the same top two just in reverse order. Cause my number one maniac seven, uh, 2001, probably if, if mania 14 was, the kind of the dawn of the Attitude Era. Mania 17 felt kind of like a series finale, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. um, you had that night, it seemed like, like everybody that. was going all out. Obviously, you, you open up with a really good match between Jericho and Regal. Yes. You have a one of the more satisfying squash matches of all time in China destroying Ivory for the Women's Championship. Just 
just a total beat down. It was the end of the right to censor that night, basically, because Taz and the APA beat the other three members, the good father, Bull Buchanan, and uh, Val Venus uh, that can, night. Can I interject real quick? Go ahead. I th- this is when China came out with the curly hair, right? Yes. This I think this is her best look ever. Yes. WrestleMania 17. Like she yes. looked amazing this sh- during the show. Yes, she did, and she and she had that, she had that really good that that really good for lack of a term that aesthetic that yeah, yeah it, it it worked. She looked great because she had like um, purple gear. Yes. Yeah. And she, she just really I mean good. she just destroys Ivory in like two minutes. Yeah. It's just the total beatdown. Um. Then you had a a really good. Let's see here. You also had then you had I forgot you had the the hardcore match between uh, Kane Raven and Big Show that you talked about, a, a kind of an underrated classic between Eddie Guerrero and Test for the European title. Oh, oh! Speaking of which, I meant to tell you this. I was going to tell you in the uh, Twitter chat, but yes, during <laughs> oh my god, because you're talking about the Attitude Era coming, you know, kind of like a season finale type deal, right? The te- the shirt that Tess wore to the ring. I'm almost certain it's during this one. It might have been a different pay per view. Let me let me pull it up real quick because I can sure see the rest. It was either this pay per view or maybe on WrestleMania 15. But I recently saw him wear a shirt to the ring and it said, "Guns don't kill people. I kill people." And it had a gun on it. That seems that seems about. I remember that shirt. I do remember the shirt you're talking about. <laughs> and it, had, it just had like a gun on it. Like it was a black tank top, and it was in white. And you could tell and it, it was, was like made in five minutes. <laughs> it said, I forgot how goofy Saturn's fuzzy hat was. Oh yeah, but yeah. The, the shirt. I, said, I'm looking Guns at back. Don't kill people. I pop, kill people. Pop up real quick. I kill people. Um, <laughs> And then, and then you also had, let's see, you had a, a really good match, a classic match, really, between Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit, just a really yes. great technical match. Um, and then probably the best, for, I don't want to call it a garbage match because that's not fair, but probably the one of the best, like, Gimmick matches between two non-wrestlers ever between Shane and Vince. They killed each other. Oh, they, they knocked it out, man. And and they did the thing where Vince just went completely ballistic. He hits Foley with the chair. He starts just destroying Shane. And then, like you said, Linda comes out of her wheelchair and gets just an ungodly huge pop. And then, then Foley comes in and beats Vince up. And then Shane goes coast to coast. And this was... Was this Shane's first match? No, he'd had that match the year before against Tess, the lover. Okay, that's right. That's right. And he had also fought Kurt Angle at King. Or no, no, he was going to fight Angle yeah. at King of the Ring. But so I want to say that's the first like time he did the. Co- that's the first time he did the coast to coast, though. Yes, it I was remember. the first time he did coast to coast. Yeah, because again, Test he did a thing where he dove on the table on Test. Right, and so yeah, that Vincent. Yeah, you can go back and watch that match, and they. It was really, really well done, like you said, for two non-wrestling people. Yeah, they, like they just killed each other. They, yeah, they, the 
it holds up really well. It really does. And then, like I said, with Linda, like she got one of the biggest pops of the night and all she did yes. was stand up. Yes. Like literally, and literally all she did was stand up. Um, and then, and then she gave Vince a low blow. But that place went nuts for standing up. Right. She <laughs> she was so over, just like Sting. Didn't even have to say a word. And yes. <laughs> and then and then the next match of that was TLC two, which oh good lord. I, so people remember this as the one where Edge jumps off off the ladder onto and spears Jeff Hardy, who is hanging from the belts. And I they did that spot on the first Raw on TNN, and they did an angle where you actually had like Edge coming into your living room. I remember that. But that image, and they just killed each other yeah. for for 15 minutes they just beat the crap out of each other and then you had the gimmick battle royal and then the first ever undertaker triple h wrestlemania match was the was the next the last match of the night um and one of the best um like near fall spots because taker goes for a last ride and as he gets triple h up triple h comes down and hits him in the head with a sledgehammer and knocks him out. And you think Taker's, I mean, Taker's streak wasn't a thing at that point, but it was known he was undefeated. And you thought for a minute Taker was going to lose. And then obviously the finish of the night with Austin and Rock, um, it, <sighs> I honestly think, and looking back, Austin was at his best as a character as a heel. It's just fans didn't want it. But that night, it, Vince, if Austin would have actually called the audible like he meant to and just waffled Vince with the chair after the match was over with, because it would have fit Austin's character to do that. Like, right. yeah, I'll, I'll use the chair from Vince McMahon to win the title, and then I'll whack him with it because I don't trust anybody. I don't like anybody. Yep. And he and the fans didn't want to boo him, but it's still a really, really good match. Um. The Rock guy, I do think one, I think The Rock was having to film Scorpion King or something. So that was the reason he won the belt. But it really set all, it set up something. And I'd forgotten about, that was also the first night that WCW wrestlers were at Mania because it was just a few days after uh, WWE had bought WCW. And Yeah, it was, it was six days after the infamous... Nitro and Raw crossover episode. Yeah, the night the simulcast Nitro episode. Yes. Yeah. And so Vince was a busy man. Yes. On top of having his own WrestleMania match. Yes. Vince McMahon was buying companies. (laughs) And he was in the middle of uh, launching the XFL as well. Yes. I don't know how he was about to kick off or was kicking off. It had kicked off. Yeah, that's right. It just kicked off. So yeah, you like, like I said, you can say what you want about Vince, but especially during that time, you look Ooh. at I mean the man was working, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. So going that so that's my that's my number one. And like I said, I don't think you can go wrong with 17 or 30. Those are two all timers. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you 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 had 30 in in your top two because um, it kind of made me yes. feel better about me putting it at one because like I said I was 
just having a little personal fight with myself, you know, oh, no, you're just putting it that high because you went, you saw it in person. Um, but I have gone back and watched it on TV, you know, from, it, it, from it the holds network. Up. And it does, and and you can feel the crowd through. Like it wasn't electric, you know. It wasn't just because I was there. Like it was an electric crowd, right? Um, because it does come through on the the presentation of the pay per view. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad you put it up there because it kind of confirms the belief I had and and what I saw, you know. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm firm firm proponent if anybody wants to start the the bring wrestlemania to new orleans permanently movement i'll be your first supporter um oh yeah because yeah i could do wrestlemania new orleans every year well Slade, and they've done a great job like yeah the the manias in, in new orleans are just yeah well it's just easy it's easy yeah New Orleans, you and can the, walk the whole city. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you need to. It's it's a really convenient town to have convenient events like that. Can... Yes. Yes. You, you I, know, they had, I know they had, uh, well, you know, the just for example, the, the Smoothie King Center and the Superdome are literally right next door to each other. So you can right. have, you, you know, you're having Raw and SmackDown in the Hall of Fame and NXT literally right next door to where you're having the the WrestleMania. Whereas in New York, you're having uh, at Barclays and then you got to travel to the big arena uh, to MetLife. You know, they're not, they're 20 minutes away from each other. Right. Um, so everything's all together in New Orleans and it's, yes, yeah, very convenient. And then the food on top of that, you're not going to find better food anywhere else. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm a strong proponent for that. But yeah, that that that's our list. That's our top five uh, favorite WrestleManias. Like I said before, it's our favorites. Doesn't mean it's the best per se. Um, but it's our favorites. It's what we have enjoyed the most. Um, and like I said, there this weekend is WrestleMania 37. So to go from 37 to five, I mean, there's there's a lot more we could have put in there. I'm sure there's some we probably overlooked um, because like I, you know, like we talked about earlier, Slade, uh, most of these WrestleManias are, are good shows. It's just about preference, really. Right. And yeah, yeah, it, at that point, like I said, it's, it's gets subjective at that point on what you like because they rarely have a clunker as a, of a mania. Absolutely. Well, Slade, do you have anything else to to relay to the people? I think I'm good. I, I do. I will say it's not on my top on my list of greatest manias of all time because I don't think the card itself is that great. My favorite WrestleMania match of all time is Brett versus Austin Mania 13. Just want to throw that out there. Is that the one where Austin tapped out? I mean, didn't tap out. He, he did passed tap out. out. He, he passed, passed out, out from the pain and he bleeding. Yes. And the, the, the famous bloodshot. Yeah, with it where it gets into his teeth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was a really fun match. This is another one of those that, that told a really good story. Yes. because um, like you said, Austin not tapping out is um what was important. You know, they, they stressed that and it was a really good match. Um, right. I don't really have a favorite match, I don't think. Uh, Undertaker and Sean was the obviously a great match. Um, 
I'll tell you, I'll tell you an underrated match just from WrestleMania 34. Okay. Which one is that? The, the second New Orleans WrestleMania. Um, I think the best match on that show was the the one with Ronda Rousey. Um, oh, she, Rousey she, and she surprised. Kurt versus Triple H and, and Steph? Yeah, if you go back and watch, dude, Triple H and Steph and, he, and Kurt, but all three of them, they not they carried Ronda Rousey perfectly. But Stephanie, yes. she played her part to a T. But no, um, also from that show, one of the more underrated matches from that show and from recent WrestleManias in general, in my opinion, was the first match. And it was a triple threat for the Intercontinental title. Um, it was The Miz, Seth Rollins, and Finn Balor. And uh, Miz retained, or Miz won. No. Rollins oh, won. Rollins won. Um, I remember that, though. But they had, and it kicked off the show. Um, but it was a really, really, really good match um, with those three together. And I've always thought that it doesn't get talked about enough over the last the last handful of years. But yeah, we we've we've been fortunate with the WrestleMania pay-per-views that most of them have been entertaining and, and worth the watch. Um, because it can be a lengthy lengthy process to watch a WrestleMania. Yes. Especially at like 30 how long did 34 go? Like seven hours? Yep. We got there at 3.30, left at 10.30, and we left We left when right after Lesnar and Roman Reigns made their entrance. We left before the match started. Dang. Um, yeah. Because I, I might have mentioned it before, but it's my fiance's first. She doesn't care for wrestling, but I told her she would have to go with me um, if they ever came back to New Orleans. And lo and behold, four years later, they came back to New Orleans. Uh, yep. So she went because she gave me her word, and she's awesome like that. Um, and she was fine. She was fine. And she had fun up until the AJ Styles and Nakamura match. And then she just kind of hit a wall and she was done. Um, and I told her, I was like, well, let me just see, because I knew Lesnar would have pyro and stuff. And I was like, well, let me just see him come out, you know, let me let me at least get the entrance and then we'll go back to the hotel. Um, so she was gracious enough to stay long enough to let let the let them do their entrances and then we got out of there and we weren't the only ones though you know people people were just getting worn out by then like i said we got there at 3 30 and that was 10 30. and then i yeah. think the following year in new york in 2019 i think it was even longer you know? it was, and, they, and they were on the east coast yeah they were talking about how i think the matches like ended after midnight or like yeah. right around midnight and people the subway quit running so people were uh, were stranded at the at at met live because they had taken the subway there yeah, yeah that, it was and, uh and hopefully you know if they stick with the two-night thing uh for the foreseeable future that'll remedy in any of those of issues you know yes hopefully. hopefully well anything else for us later or will that I, about wrap I, it up i think we've about got it all right well if you've listened to us this entire episode we, we greatly appreciate it um uh, thank you for listening to us talk about our five favorite wrestlemanias of all time um once again be sure and like and follow us on social media at turnbuckle p on twitter and at buckle talk on facebook we stay up to date with all things turnbuckle talk uh, we will be back with you sometime next week most likely with a wrestlemania review 
Um, hopefully we, we, we got some good stuff to talk about. Hopefully we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about. Should be an eventful two nights this weekend coming up. Um, but until then, we appreciate your support and we hope you've enjoyed listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Have a good day.